Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy from kidsviews.com. I'm here in the studio with Amy Oztan, who's in a different seat today. So I, I almost am. messed up. Hi. And, um, ooh, that's my throat. Um, Andrea is not joining us today. She is at home, but we have a special guest. We have Jennifer Perillo. Hi. Hello. Of In Jenny's Kitchen, which we've actually talked about many times before. Mm-hmm. Whenever we had, whenever we talk about food, we somehow get back to <laughs> Jenny's blog. But we... Um, going to do an all food episode because we are all eating our feelings yes. that's what i think so we are much Definitely. in need of an all food episode and then we'll have our bites of the week but we're super excited to have you here because i feel like we've been talking about having you on for two years <laughs> and we, it has been that long of a conversation wait yeah you haven't been on that's what i said i, know. I said i, I know. feel like you've been on but she hasn't it's Seriously? Because you talk to me in real life all the time, so I'm always wow. with you. So we're going to talk today about um, cooking with your kids, how do you get your kids interested slash involved in cooking, um, some really good resources for your kids and for yourself if you want your kids to start cooking, or baking. Sometimes baking seems to be the easier thing for kids to do first. Well, I think it's easier to pace it out. Right. Well, also because kids love cracking eggs. <laughs> they do. It's, it's kind of insane when you cook with like a big class. Like you need to make sure you have a recipe with 24 eggs so everyone gets to crack an egg. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about the right way to crack an egg because, man, that's a hard thing to teach, too. Are you a side of the bowl? Are you a counter? I don't know. We'll discuss. Okay. <laughs> crack that an egg that is controversial. <laughs> it is. Um, so let's jump in. So, well, let's, for our listeners who don't know you as well as Amy and I do, um, let's talk about you for a second. Um, so there are a lot of, let's be honest, there are a lot of food bloggers in the world, um, most of whom fell into cooking, let's say. Cooking was a hobby. They um, produce lovely food that's beautiful to look at, beautiful to Instagram. The recipes may or may not be tested. The recipes may or may not be original. And most of them were not trained. And most of them were not trained. You have a very different background. So let's jump right in. I do have a very different background. So I started off in Jenny's Kitchen because as a professional food writer and food editor, when you live in the magazine world, you're always doing something four months ahead. So in the summertime, you're thinking about Thanksgiving and Christmas, but you have all this beautiful produce that's ha- that's in your farmer's market. So I wanted someplace where I could write about what I was actually cooking in the moment, and that's how In Jenny's Kitchen oh. started. Um, I have a restaurant background, not in the kitchen, though. I actually am a self-taught chef, which a lot of times people say, well, what does that mean? And it means that I couldn't afford culinary school. <laughs> <laughs> But I loved being involved in food so much. I just poured over magazines and cookbooks and sat there learning different prep techniques. You know, I could sit in a kitchen and prep and chop vegetables all day long. Most people hate that aspect of cooking. I love it and find it very meditative. So that was how I made my way into, into that world. But so in Jenny's Kitchen is... You know, it's a food blog, but again, it is from someone who's coming from a professional background. I'm the consulting food editor at Working Mother magazine, and I've written for Food Network, for Relish magazine. Um, I used to do the Cuisinart website for years. Um, So 
any recipe that you come across on in Jenny's Kitchen, it has really been tested. And it's the, the funny thing is, I'm going to say they're all well written, which they are, but I don't have an editor top editing me. So <laughs> yes, every now and then I'll get a little comment that says, you call for salt, but you don't mention where to add it. I'm like, thanks for catching that. And I'll go back <laughs> in and I'll edit that recipe. But for the most part, they are recipes that I'm 110% confident that when people go and attempt them in their own kitchen that they will have success because they have been vetted through those different stages. And you have experience as a personal chef, right? I do. My, that feels like a whole other life ago. I guess it's um, almost 20 years ago. Oh, wow. I used to have a personal chef business back when it was first starting to become popular that people did it. And I was a personal chef in New York City. I had a range of clients. I had busy families. I had single people who just worked so many hours and they were tired of eating takeout. So they just wanted to have something that was homemade. And it was great because I would go in, I would interview my clients, really get to know how they eat, what they like to eat, what their goals were. I cooked a lot for clients who were on Weight Watchers, you know, because a lot of times some of these specialized diets tend to have foods that have too many preservatives and just because they meet a certain calorie level or a point level it's maybe not what you want to put in your body so that was an that was one way that having a personal chef could help you meet your goal but still have a healthier lifestyle I did that and then I went into the restaurant business for a few years because I kind of wanted to hone my hospitality skills, <laughs> and I was a maitre d'. Um, and then after the birth of my first daughter, the restaurant business was not so conducive to the my idea of motherhood. So that's when I transitioned into writing, because I do actually have a journalism degree. That was where I, I started way back when. I didn't know that. I do. Ooh, learning all new things. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so you mentioned you have your daughter. You have two daughters. I do. I have a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old. So I would say I see them cooking on your Facebook feed <laughs> at least twice a week. Um, and over the last couple of years, totally on their own. Yes. Um, it's really interesting because for my older daughter, she is more interested in cooking now than she used to be. It was a little bit of a rebellion factor. You know, either you want to become your mother's daughter or you want to do the complete opposite right. of it. So there was a little period of time where she didn't want to be involved in the kitchen because she was trying to have her own identity. And now as she, you know, she's in eighth grade. So in a few years, she knows she'll be off on her own. And I actually homeschool my children this year. So it was my older daughter who came to me and said, I'd like to have cooking in my curriculum because I want to know how to feed myself and how to cook for myself when I leave. And I was like, oh, I knew if I just waited long enough, <laughs> I would get through to her. My little one, my eight-year-old, she's always loved being in the kitchen. And she is so confident in the kitchen that sometimes it drives me a little crazy because, <laughs> you know, there are sharp objects yes. and there is fire. But I really, I try to stand back and supervise her a little bit. The biggest bit of advice I can give when cooking with children, especially with young children, is, you know, go into it with the right mindset. You know, when I'm going to cook with Virginia, who's my eight-year-old, 
I don't have any expectation of how clean the kitchen's going to stay. <laughs> I don't have any expectation of how quickly I'm going to get in and out of the kitchen. Like, she has my undivided attention for that block of time. Because if you go in there knowing you only have 15 minutes, or if you go in there knowing that you don't want to wash a sink full of dishes, it's not going to make the experience pleasurable and be, when I because when I was able to harness that you know I go uh, I've always volunteered in my daughter's classes and I've always had that level of patience working with 24 kids right but it took time to develop that level of patience with the two children that I actually <laughs> live with so it definitely is a um, a skill to to try to develop and remind yourself. it's different when they're in your space I think that's what it is. It is. And we all have our own levels of expectations for our children also. Um, But I would definitely say the patience factor is really the big thing. And also, don't, um, don't get so focused on everything being perfect, which was another stumbling block for me because it is what I do professionally. And for me, my experience is food should taste amazing, but it should look amazing because we taste with our eyes first. And my girls very much have grown up seeing these beautifully plated dishes. And I do love it because even like on Mother's Day, sometimes I feel a little guilty when I share my pictures of Mother's Day because I'm not saying this to sound mean or catty, but, you know, I'll see other people where there's like a picture of like burnt toast that's (laughs) scraped off. And then my kids come and there's a tray and there's a flower (laughs) and biscuits are on it. I mean, it like blows me away. But those are the moments when it's so affirming that everything I do, that they it really does resonate with them right. and they carry it over. That said, there are moments where, you know, if they're going to make an omelet, maybe it doesn't come out perfect. Or if they're going to make pancakes, they're not as perfectly round as the ones I make. And they'll, they'll sometimes say, oh, but it doesn't look perfect like yours. And I say, well, it shouldn't look like mine. It should look like yours. Right. So getting rid of that idea of perfection you know we were joking about cracking eggs if they make a mistake and they crack an egg and say if the recipe calls for separating your egg yolks from your egg whites if one gets messed up don't no big deal scramble it put it in the refrigerator and then make scrambled eggs with them another right. day but really trying to cuz i find the biggest thing people go into the kitchen and there is this fear factor right because you're going in to create a meal for yourself and you don't want to waste ingredients you don't want to waste time you don't want to come out of the experience starving because you didn't make what you expected (laughs) to but i always say check your fear at the door because if you have any sort of a mishap with a recipe just spin it into something else and i think that's a great life lesson to teach kids outside of the kitchen yeah like life doesn't always go the way we expect it but how can you then turn that into a positive situation it's funny because i think with instagram it's is now that whole goal of perfection is so magnified mm-hmm. because even if you don't have a parent whose meals are always beautiful which is most you know 99 percent of people um they're on Instagram, these kids seeing these ridiculous finished products and adults too. And as I always say, like, my daughter, we get the biggest kick out of like the cake fails mm-hmm. <laughs> feeds where you just see what people thought are the Pinterest fails because Pinterest is probably the worst. 
of like what it's actually going to look like. But it is so hard. I remember my daughters, they would get American Girl magazine and they'd want to make whatever the thing was. And it never looked like that. And trying to tell them like, that's a food stylist. Like that's probably not even edible what you're looking at. <laughs> like, it was probably shellacked and sprayed oh, on. Absolutely. And absolutely. they can't, you know, well, the, you know the, so, so the hard. real funny, every now and then I will post a picture of burnt toast just because I'm multitasking and I'll put it up there and I'll say I'm telling you I'm really human so the big (laughs) joke is I mean I cook 90% of everything from scratch but because I want the girls to grow up with a healthy relationship to food I try not to deny them some of the stuff that maybe a few years ago I was like really crazy about not buying so one of the things my 8 year old Virginia she Loves. I'm known for I'm known for my pizza nights. I have been making pizza homemade for like 15 years. It is a Friday night ritual in my house. My eight year old does not love my pizza. She will eat my pizza. Mm-hmm. She does not love my pizza. The cheese comes off. Sometimes right. <laughs> she'll like scrape in the sauce. I mean, at this at the end of the day, she's eating like flatbread. That's it. <laughs> she loves frozen Amy's pizza. Oh my god, so do, so do my kids. It, you don't understand though, it puts a knife through my heart. <laughs> but here is the joke that my kids will always laugh about. Whenever they, I let them buy something frozen and I have to heat it up, I, I, I generally burn it. Right. I burn <laughs> it. So I can make a souffle from scratch, right. I make pizza dough, I make all of these complicated recipes, but the stuff that comes in a box that gives you a temperature and a cooking time, I inevitably will forget that it's in there. Right. So for me, I'm actually only good at cooking when it's a very hands-on active experience. The walk away, put it in an oven thing, generally is a big fail in my You're just house. not invested in it. <laughs> I think that's what it is. You need to set like, your timer. Uh, I, I set the timer. <laughs> Exactly. If I don't set the kitchen timer, I will forget it's in there. Yeah. And that's the joke. The, the kids laugh at me. They're like, you're pathetic, Mom. Like, you can make all this stuff from scratch, but you just can't heat us up frozen food. You're trying to sabotage it. It's <laughs> exactly. just an unconscious sabotage. So let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's say your kids have never cooked with you. You're terrified of giving them a knife. You're terrified of having them around fire. Where do you start? Well... I will say I still have a little apprehension when it comes to sharp objects, but that's because my kids have inherited a little bit of my clumsy gene. The best thing is to just start with, there's a lot of no-cook recipes that you can make and um, or just even having them help with certain levels of prep. Say it's a Sunday morning and you want to make pancakes. They can pretty much do everything up until the point of cooking the pan- putting the batter on the grid on the griddle. They can mix everything, they can measure everything out. Waffles are great too because you've got a heat element but you're not dealing with a flame so it's just opening up mm-hmm. a waffle iron. Well, electric griddles are great too if you want yeah. them to do pancakes and yeah, sandwiches absolutely. and things like that. So there's a lot of prep that kids can do. I mean, Amy mentioned earlier that baking is a really good foray into cooking for the first time because there's a lot of measuring. There's not necessarily a lot of prep work that involves knives. That said, I think it is important to try to teach your kids knife skills and safety in the kitchen as well, too. So try not to be so apprehensive around them. You know. But when you're so okay, so I'm going to scale back one second because another part of it is making sure you have kid appropriate tools Mm -hmm. because they have smaller hands than we do. So if say you do want to start getting your kids comfortable with knives, don't give them the huge chef's knife. (laughs) Give them a small prep knife, 
something that they can use that's easy for their own hands. Doughs are amazing with kids because they're very tactile, the whole experience. So something like a pizza dough or making bread with kids, they can do so much of that process on their own because it's just measuring out ingredients, putting it in a bowl, and then they really get in there and they feel it and there's the experience. They're truly putting part of themselves into it. Yep. So I think so part of the trap I think people fall into is that kids only bake with their parent when it's a treat. So you're making a birthday cake. You're making cupcakes. Um, The baking classes at my daughter's school, or I should say they called them cooking classes, were such a giant waste of time. I called them the Pillsbury Crescent Dough class because that's what it was. (laughs) Every week, what are we going to shove in a piece of Crescent Dough and roll up and pretend we cooked? Um, So how can parents not fall into that trap of when you're doing something with your child, it's because then it's something sweet and sugary and dessert. Well, breakfast is a great example because kids can make smoothies. It's I think there's this whole notion of what is cooking and mm-hmm. cooking doesn't always have to involve a heat source. So something like smoothies, my girls love smoothies. They can make them on their own. My tip for when you make a smoothie, sometimes recipes will call for putting ice in it. And generally, peanut butter-based smoothies need ice because you need something to cut through the heaviness of the peanut butter. But otherwise, I always have frozen fruit in the refrigerator. Frozen fruit is key. You get a nice, um, rich, intense smoothie, but it's not watered down. That's something that kids can just take all the ingredients that they need from the freezer, throw it in a blender, blend it up, their breakfast is done for them. So that's one example where even in terms of kids putting their lunches together, it doesn't feel like it's cooking, but it is, you know, even if they're just making their own sandwich in the mornings. I mean, now, because the kids are actually with the kids being homeschooled, they usually cook once or twice a week and then they'll do breakfast or they'll do lunch together. But when when they were in school, my older daughter was responsible for making her lunch. My little daughter, I would make her main component, but then she would pick her snacks and cut her fruit up. But putting lunch together, they're still they're learning the responsibility that mm-hmm. if you you get you actually have power of choice. If you make your lunch, you can have what you want. If I make your lunch, you're going to get whatever I feel like putting <laughs> together at 6.30 in the morning. So it doesn't sound like it's cooking, but I think those are ways that you can have freedom. And when you're when you're making dinner, I, you know, something as simple as if you want to just have pasta with a marinara sauce, you know, kids can make that. They can open up a can of tomatoes. They can smash a clove of garlic and saute it in some, in some oil. Salad, definitely kids can help put salads together. Right. You're and not dressing. Only, yeah, right. and dressing, absolutely. It, you can, th- there are so many other ways you can get kids into the kitchen that does not involve that sweet and sugary aspect. I also discovered a million years ago when I would volunteer in my kids' preschool classes that kids can do an amazing amount of prep with a plastic knife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like yes. almost anything. Right. And also, I mean, you know, some things can just be ripped and torn mm-hmm. if you're working with right. really little kids. Um, you know, you can make a savory bread pudding. It doesn't have to be a sweet bread pudding. You can make a savory bread pudding. The bread, kids can just tear that up with their hands, and it has a little bit more of a rustic approach to it as well, too, then. I have failed miserably with my kids in, in this, in everything we're talking about. Like, it, there was a time when my son really wanted to learn how to cook because um, I think it was when he started high school. 
And we were kind of like, okay, we've got four years. You know, you have to be able to feed yourself in four years. And he was like, okay, I want to learn one thing a month. And the first month we did penne pasta, which is something he could live on. The second month we did uh, scrambled eggs. And that's it. And now we're like, okay, we have a little over two years <laughs> before you have to feed yourself, and we're kind of getting into it That's again. so funny. I became um, a, a nut about it, about my daughter's cooking, partly because I wanted them to just start dinner before I got home uh-huh. from my office. Because, like, if I wait till I get home, and then I have to prep everything, and then I have to chop everything, and then I have to... So they're home before I am. So that's now where that's we're at. Brilliant. I'm like, start chopping the garlic, start cutting the onions. Like, I'm on the way home. That's an excellent idea. One of, one of my other favorite things to make, not only with my girls, but um, I did it with, in a kindergarten and first grade class with Virginia. 24 kids between the ages of five and seven. We made dumplings from scratch. Yes. Wow. Every, like, even the dough. And it was super easy because you're just putting water and flour into the food processor. The kids all got to, like, hit the button a couple <laughs> of times to pulse it. And then the they, motor burned out. They rolled the dough out on their own. Again, they used the food processor to do all of the chopping and prep right. the vegetables. Mm. And that was a really great lesson in not not having an expectation level of perfection. You know, I make dumplings and, you know, they look picture perfect and the kids make the dumplings and you're kind of like, good job. <laughs> How does <laughs> it taste? But they were so, and that was actually, that's a great way to get kids to try new vegetables yes. that they might. We made kale and mushroom dumplings and I, I knew I was potentially setting myself up for a huge failure. But there were kids who had never, they grew up with it. Their parents try, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I live in Woodstock, for heaven's sake. I mean, I think they give you kale when you get into right. the town of Woodstock. <laughs> it's a requirement for living there. There were kids, though, there's nothing their parents could ever do to get them to eat kale. They loved these dumplings so much because hmm. they had invested so much of their time into yeah. it that there's no way they weren't going to try and eat those dumplings i even made we made um a thanksgiving meal together uh, again we're getting into the the sugary level of it but we did thanksgiving the kids made pie crust they made pumpkin pie all on their own from the crust to the filling we made stuffing together we made cranberry sauce together i mean it was it's little kids are such a joy to cook with. Um, and that's not to say that older kids aren't, but I find little kids, even if there's a food that they're kind of like, uh, they're still really happy to cook with it because right. they just want to be in the kitchen with you. Mm-hmm. And then you can loop them in. Kind of when you get to the point with older kids, I know my 13-year-old will look at me and say, I'm not even going to bother helping cook that because I know I don't want to eat it. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> that's great. That is such a rebellion against you, man. <laughs> it really is. My daughters know at this point to shut up. Like, no joke. Whatever I'm making, they have, they're like, okay, if they're not excited about it, but too Oh, well, well, Isabella won't be so excited about helping cook necessarily, but she does know that. Like, if she comes into the kitchen and, you know, she she sees what I'm making and she's like, okay, so I'm probably going to, like, starve tonight. And I'm like, I guess so. I guess so, because it's not a dorm. Yeah, we do (laughs) have a strict one-meal policy. They know, don't come to me and ask, can I have a bowl of cereal? Like, you're being provided with a homemade meal. I cannot force you to eat it, but I will absolutely not let you have something else as a substitute. Uh, I'm the total opposite because I I completely sympathize with how picky my son is because I was that picky when when I was his age. And 
So the trade-off is I will make you something else, but it's going to be one of the same two things all the time. It's either going to be plain pasta or I'm going to shove an Amy's pizza in the oven for you, and that's it. And don't complain that you're getting the same thing over and over again because we're eating really interesting food over here. Well, I will say I, I, I try not to be so rigid sometimes. Like if, if there's something I'm really craving that I know Virginia and I will love and maybe Isabella won't necessarily like it or vice versa, Isabella and I, not Virginia, I have gotten to the point where I will give the kids the option. You can go make yourself something yeah. else. Like actually cook something. And they're, they're, they're fine with that. Sometimes I feel like I've given in. But then I feel like, well, they're still learning the responsibility of, okay, if you don't want it, but you have to actually make yourself. Like, right. you have to make yourself a real meal. And sometimes, you know, if one of them aren't, if they're not so jazzed about what I'm cooking, they'll just eat what I've made because they're just too lazy yeah, to go cook something for themselves. <laughs> of course. So, and you know what? I do just want to mention another huge part of being in the kitchen it's the part of the cooking process is having your kids clean up yes. after themselves. Mm. The cleaning up's a big thing. And not just, because um, we I made the mistake where like clearing the table meant just clearing your own stuff. And then there's still, and I was like, you know what? That's what happened here. I was like, wait <laughs> exactly. a second. Bringing your stupid plate and yeah. cup to the thing and also making it from the sink to the dishwasher is key. We're always like, there's no dishwasher fairy here. It doesn't miraculously go from sink to dishwasher if you have a dishwasher. Oh, see, I don't have a dishwasher. Either. I can't believe you don't have a dishwasher. So my, the kids, they they do take turns. Like I have a I I have a policy where I will clean the dinner dishes, but anything that goes in the sink after 8 p.m., if I wake up and I see something in the oh, sink no, in the morning, like there is going to be one less child in this household. <laughs> so the kids know to clean up their own stuff, and sometimes it becomes a little bit of a competition where, you know, they want to rush in because they want to be the one that mommy loves more if I wash <laughs> the dishes. so But it was really funny because in the beginning... We got in this really weird sock cycle till I realized the kids were washing the dishes and then leaving the clean dishes in the sink without, they didn't realize. They had to dry them put the, away. Well, no, well, they just didn't even put them on the drain. So I didn't know the dishes were clean. And I was screaming at them and, re and washing the dishes and then they were crying. And I'm like, you see this thing right here? It's called a dish drain. Right. Put the clean dishes in there. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so let's wrap up with what are your most popular recipes do you think on your blog or in the cookbook we didn't even discuss homemade with love the so from the cookbook homemade with love it's called homemade with love simple scratch cooking from in jenny's kitchen one of the most if not the most popular recipe from that book are the donuts because they're right on the cover um they're lemon buttermilk donuts and they're a completely baked recipe they're not fried and a lot of people go crazy for that recipe probably the second one from there which is a Again, it's the sugary sweet. I do have a range of cooking, but I'm known a lot for my sweet uh -huh. recipes, is the golden vanilla birthday cake. I love it when people share photos because birthday cakes are really special, too. Yeah. I mean, th that's a high stakes recipe. You get you blow that. You've got to wait 364 more days. <laughs> so I'm always touched when people share a picture, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or tag me or come back to the blog and leave a message. The most popular recipe on my blog which amazes me, is my recipe for waffles. I am just, hmm. I'm known as the waffle queen. I mean, this <laughs> recipe has been pinned tens of thousands of times. 
no matter what day of the week, I look at my blog, and that is always the top recipe. Uh, on Saturdays and Sundays, it's ridiculous how many people come to it. It's a really easy recipe, but it, it's always... I pride myself when I go to restaurants sometimes, and you get a recipe, and it's soggy, and I'm like, nothing's worse than... Well, there are some things worse than soggy waffles, <laughs> but when it comes to the breakfast and brunch category, so waffles are one of the most popular recipes. And then my simple roast chicken, which I think every single kid before they leave their house should know how to roast a That's chicken. That's the first thing I tell if my daughter you, how to if make. If you can roast a chicken, you can feed yourself yes. for at least three days. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you, you could feed your friends. Like I also feel like a roast chicken is yep. the best thing to make because your place will smell great when exactly. you're in college. I mean, I made dinner three to four times a week for like five or six people mm-hmm. in college every night. And um, someone said to me the other day, I can't believe you cooked in college. I'm like, I never had more time in my life than when I was in college. What the hell else did I have to do? (laughs) I know, right? I could cook for like three hours. Um, But you can feed so many people with a roast chicken. And then you can make soup out of it and any of the leftovers. You can – and also – Fried rice is another really great yeah. recipe to teach your kids because all you either you can just like go buy pre-made white rice, buy it in the packets if you want to already cooked, or it's a great way to use leftover white rice. And that is that's not even an expensive recipe. Just go to the frozen food section, get a bag of mixed vegetables, throw some onion in there, mm-hmm. some egg if you want. You just yeah. need soy sauce, sesame oil. Um, so that that's another key recipe. I think especially for using leftover rice. Like, and if you're again, if you're like a kid, if you're in college and people are ordering in Chinese, and you just end up with all those buckets of rice. Exactly. Oh, well, because yeah, every time we order Chinese, we have so much extra rice. So I've been trying to make my own fried rice because I hate it with egg. And mm-hmm. if I order it from the Chinese yeah. place, about seventy five percent of the time it comes with egg, no yep. matter what I say. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy, and it's so tasty, right? and it uses up all the leftovers. Yeah. And you can use exactly. rice pudding too. I've never had yes. rice pudding. Actually, leftover white rice is the best thing to use for rice pudding. Right, it's a little dried out, mm-hmm. and then it soaks mm-hmm. it all up. Exactly. I still use your pizza dough recipe at least twice a month. Oh, that is actually, it's that's so probably easy. one of the most popular recipes. Not your chocolate chip cookies? Oh, oh, those I make God. all the time, Okay, <laughs> this is the thing I forget, because, I mean, this Your chocolate chip cookies are, this are month the is best chocolate chip eight cookies. eight or nine years since I've had my site up. But yeah, pizza dough, the chocolate chip cookie recipes, I These are like chocolate chip cookies. These are like chocolate no, they're chunk best hearty yeah. cookies that are amazing. It was the first thing that you ever brought me and like handed uh-huh. me a little package of something and I was like, oh, three cookies, that's really nice. I'll bring them home and I'll give one to each of my kids and I'll have one. <laughs> they did not make it off the subway yeah. platform. Yes, yeah. yeah the chocolate amazing. chip cookies are a very popular one. And you know why popular. else I love them when we're talking about kids is because you freeze them. Mm-hmm. in the little balls. So mm-hmm. if your yes. kids want to just make two cookies after school, yeah. you, in the you toaster have that oven. dough. Yeah, in the toaster oven, you can Well, I'll never forget, too, the time Amy said, how do you get all your cookies so uniform? I'm like, a cookie scoop. Doesn't everyone have a cookie scoop well, in now, four sizes? No, <laughs> I, I weigh yours now. I, I use your recipe, but I weigh them. Oh. Yeah. Like they're that's, each, they're, that's really anal. I, that's, that's the only way that I can get them. And then I said that. We were talking about this once on another podcast we had, and I said, well, I weigh mine, so they're all the same and then Heidi our other co-host said well I weigh the dough and then I count out the chocolate chunk so that each one has an equal amount and I was like okay you win (laughs) I'm out that is intense that's crazy all right well we will be right back with our bites of the week which might be (laughs) b-i-t-e-s I don't know we'll figure it out when we're right back 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we are back with our Bites of the Week. And Amy, as always, is first. Okay, so I was trying to think of a bite that I could do in honor of having Jenny as our guest. And by in honor of, I of course mean what I could pick that would horrify her the most. Oh boy. So this actually got delivered to my house a few days ago, I think. I haven't opened it yet. So it's not yet a recommendation, but just the fact that it exists makes me so happy. It's called the Fondoodler. And it's basically a hot glue gun for cheese. What? I don't know if I'm yeah. horrified or excited. <laughs> it's I, I don't know which way to go. I can't wait to un- I've never done an unboxing video before, but I think I'm actually going to <gasps> oh, do an unboxing to. video of this thing. I mean, you have to picture it. It looks like a glue gun and you load cheese sticks into it. Was it like the chocolate pen that came out a few years ago? There are going to be a I... lot of lawsuits. Did you miss? Burning. Did you miss the chocolate How pen? How did I not know about the chocolate pen? Oh yeah, the chocolate pen was huge. It came out like two years ago. I'm going to look that up because I can't believe I don't have one. I can't believe you don't either. I need to hear more about this fondueler though. I'm I really, I'm so curious now. Like you put the cheese in it, it melts it, it melts it, and then like you pull a trigger, I think, and you can like draw with so the it's cheese. Like, oh, like those things that you get in the supermarket, like the can of cheese. Like cheese whiz. <gasps> but, but it's not. But it's but it's real cheese and it's warm oh so you can like yeah like i'm a little more excited about yeah. this than I thought I see i wasn't sure if you would be excited or horrified but i thought I, you might be horrified. You have to eat it can i come for a play date hands. when you do this yes <laughs> yes we need to have a fun doodler play date that's just the worst name <laughs> that sounds it's so, so gross wrong. it sounds like the person amy you don't want to sit next to on the subway a, yeah amy and i are going to fun doodle <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's really awful. <laughs> I, I I was talking about it on Facebook, and my friend Christy, she said something like, like, I only did that one time in college. <laughs> so, yes, I want to know how you clean back. it. I'm very interested I, so to according see how this... to the instru- According to the online yeah. instructions, um, all of the parts that touch the cheese can go in the dishwasher. So we'll see how easy it is. Okay, they make we'll it sound easy. All right. Jenny. I need to see this. I just I want the fondue look. Can we just bring it? I want you to bring me back on the show and we have to do the okay, fondue. We'll do look. a live, we'll do okay. a video. <laughs> so one of the questions I get a lot from people are how do you do meal planning? My meal planning usually happens just before I'm ready to cook dinner and I open up the refrigerator. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. And, and see, I, I, I like don't, it. I, you know, I'm a free spirit. I don't like planning anything. I kind of like to let life happen to me and then, you know, wing it. So I was thinking about, okay, what would be great to maybe share with everyone here and I know earlier Rebecca you mentioned you've been using the New York Times cooking app a lot which I know is really popular for a lot of people um, All the All Recipes app is actually really cool I was playing around with it earlier this week and one of the features I really love about it is the dinner spinner where you like if you have it here and you just shake your phone it picks 
a dish type, so it'll pick the category, it'll pick an ingredient, and it'll pick ready in. So I just gave it a shake, and it chose main dish, lamb, and slow cooker. And then it'll tell you, view eight matches. Mm. Now, this is fun if you just want to get fun and creative, but it really is great to use the app if you want to make dinner, because you can choose an ingredient. So let's say Mm. you open up the fridge, and you went crazy buying green beans at the farmer's market. So you would choose vegetables, you would choose what course you want to make, and then you can choose slow cooker, two hours, 20 minutes, so you can really cater a recipe for the time. And then it'll show you all the matches that you have. Nice. One of the reasons I love that is because I feel like we have way too much food waste in this country to the tune of billions of pounds of good food being thrown away. So this is a nice way to just make sure you're using up everything that you have in the refrigerator and feeding yourself. Yeah. I do that with the New York Times app too, the cooking app. I just type in like whatever's in there I'm like I got squash I got chicken what do you got (laughs) what do you got for me Um, that's interesting all recipes is really interesting to me because I find it very hit or miss in terms Mm -hmm. of the quality of the recipe Mm -hmm. I Um, would agree with that the only reason why I opened my mind up to all recipes a little bit more though is because I have a friend who has a really amazing video blog called Food Wishes and all recipes actually bought his content a few years ago Hmm. so i know that there are some really great qualities some some really great recipes in all recipes i mean you know you read the recipe you'll take a look at it it's great because you do have the user feedback and the comments that are on there but i have to be honest there have been some new york times recipes i've made where they have been flops in my kitchen well there's just because it says new york times there's certain cooks that i trust more than others on the new york times there are certain people's recipes i actually really don't do because yeah, I find them tasteless or wrong yeah. all the time. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think you have to like really, the comments are the best. I think the comments are the best thing about online recipes, period. Mm-hmm. Like tips and comments and the way people did shortcuts. That's my favorite thing. All right, well, my bite of the week um, is I'm constantly just finding out new things I get with Amazon Prime because <laughs> it's always <laughs> like a new thing as if shipping wasn't enough. Um, so we have been having an ongoing debate in our house between Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Music. And my daughters love Spotify because all their friends are on Spotify and because when you have Spotify Premium, you can create your playlist, but you can play them offline. Mm. And they go to a camp without electricity for the summer so they can charge their non-internet connected little <laughs> iPod um, with their battery powered charger, but they can't get the internet. So they have to have all of their music on their iPod because that's they're allowed to listen to music. They're not allowed to watch videos or play games, but they can listen to music. So, okay, Spotify Premium seem like they, but like I really want to pay for another thing every month. Like we already pay for Netflix. We already pay for whatever. Mm-hmm. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Amazon Music. And you can upload all of your own music into Amazon Music, into the cloud, so you can access all of your music at any time. I didn't realize that. Yep. You can store all your music. Same with Amazon Photos, which is also my new photo favorite photo thing, too. <laughs> so I've, all, I've like loaded up. It's all tons and tons and tons of storage. Um, but they do what Spotify does, which Pandora does not do, which is play entire albums in order. <gasps> Okay, because I do not like the shuffle (laughs) on my album. Shuffles for playlists, fine. Okay, we've talked about this before. I was listening to a musical theater playlist on Spotify the other day, and not only is shuffle just bad, but they didn't have... It was hosted by... um, 
I'm blanking on his name from Cabaret. Um, Joel Gray? No, younger. Alan Cumming? Thank you. Okay. Um, and <laughs> Alan Cumming, <laughs> he, would, he would do these great introductions for songs like, oh, and I was in, in the show with this person, and they would do it this way, and, and these fantastic stories. And then a different song would play. Oh, they oh. didn't have the intros attached to the freaking oh, songs. I can't. I can't with no. that. <laughs> so it makes me crazy. First of all, musicals. Obviously, you have to listen to an order, which we were which saying. My, how your my son, son, does, my son will listen to a, a musical on shuffle, and it drives yeah. me oh, crazy. That's just wrong. Why not just watch a movie and skip the different chapters, <laughs> like, and just figure <laughs> no out? No kidding. Like, but really most great albums not so many modern albums because they know the people are just pulling and picking but this is a lost art is the craft of an album how a, an artist decided this song is first mm-hmm. this song is last this is what happens in between now everyone just thinks in terms of singles so my daughter's there's an emotional arc that there's you an have emotional to arc. follow and my daughters don't understand this because they buy two songs from an yeah. album like when I bought Lemonade, they were like, you bought the whole album? I'm like, you have to buy the whole <laughs> album and you must listen to it in order. So Amazon Music, you can listen to the entire thing. I listened to, so U2 is doing the Joshua Tree tour this <gasps> summer. Oh, one of my favorites. So then I was like, well, I haven't listened to Joshua Tree in ages. I've listened to this song and that's so a whole freaking album from that amazing intro the beginning like it's a totally different thing so Amazon Music it was free because I have Amazon Prime and the other thing that's now free if you have Amazon Prime is the Washington Post um, the first six months now if you sign in with your Amazon account are free and then it's only three ninety nine a month instead of oh, nine ninety nine. I just subscribed to the Washington Post <laughs> no. you can't feel bad about giving them your money I know money. I can't no. feel bad about giving them my money but I kind of wish I had known that but so now there's an uh, you know there's like a, a little bit of an upside to Amazon essentially owning everything yeah. <laughs> is that eventually they'll just all these things will be bundled into I didn't into know about prime. the photos so you can print photos oh, you can like, Amazon photos is fantastic oh, I had so no idea about you it. can store all your photos in Amazon photos I can't even it might even be unlimited storage I don't How, but do they send someone to your house to upload your photos because let's <laughs> oh, be realistic that's, that's, that's the stop part for I'm, most of I'm us I'm actually <laughs> I'm about to um, review something that uh, that Andrea gave me to review that it, it's it's a super fast way of getting all of your actual photos like paper photos uh-huh. online yeah, Oh. Uh, yeah, so I, I can't wait to use that. But I'm looking for something because this, I promised my mom I would do this three years ago when I took crates of pictures back to my house. Can you use Amazon Prime Photo to share them with other people or is it really just for your own storage? No, you can create shared folders. Oh, like that's you can wonderful. on Shutterfly too. Yeah. You can do that on Shutterfly. But um, I'd rather do it on something that everybody in my family already has. Yes. I mean, you could do it on Google also, but I find I went through my Google storage so fast where hmm. I had to start paying for Google. Um, so. I don't know if it's unlimited with Prime, the photos, but I can tell you I have a ton of photos and I've never gotten any kind of videos up there. I've like okay. their entire bar mitzvah album, everything's up there. Okay. And um, yeah, and it has its own little separate app too for your phone. So you I can have the Amazon Photos out. app and you can have everything automatically upload to Amazon Photos <gasps> oh, from your from, phone. Okay. Oh. It's all good. <laughs> from A to Z, I'm all for it. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our show for this week. Thank you, Jenny, for being Thank here. Thank you. It's been awesome being here. I'm with so both happy you guys. we're finally here, even though you didn't bring Two us. Two of my goods. favorite people. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I'm like in the recipe writing part of a project. That's right okay. Now. I didn't bring the fondueler. Oh my god. Next time. Next time. Um, we'll have links to Jenny's blog in Jenny's Kitchen and to the book on Amazon. Yes. 
to and I'll give you some recipe links too. Oh so yes, to all the recipes. And I, I've actually about. I've posted a couple of your recipes with your permission on yes. my blog, so I'll, yes. I'll link to those. Okay. Yeah, perfect. yeah, good, good. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/parentingbites or at parentingbites.com, where Amy does her amazing recaps with all the links. So share and share. Um, iTunes, you can find us. Rate, review, subscribe, and on play.it, where you can find us and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week, happy parenting.